episodes from my childhood house continue. Welcome back to Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh my, episode 872. Literally approaching a thousand, which seems incredible when we first started this on Zoom. Cage was uh, actually telling me a story. He was driving to the Philly show. And believe it or not, what he listened to was the pilot episode that we had. Any just thoughts? To, Anything? Just to, just to hear it. I mean, I wish we could delete it, to be honest. I said something in there that I wish I could take back. But other than that, it's good. You know, it's just how it's, stupid I am, how much I know nothing about cards, how dumb no, the hero it's is. It's not about you. It was not, and you didn't get the title hero in the pilot. You got there pretty quickly, but you weren't there in the pilot. No, the pilot. Do you remember I, that, Cage? I will say that. Everyone's like, does this guy know anything else except for Tyler hero? Tyler hero? Well, because we had 10 episodes and four of them you took. It was like it became like a Tyler Hero love show. Um, I do remember that, definitely. But no, I mean, it's funny how we made some promises in there and we've delivered on almost all like it, it's funny to think back like we 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 did a pilot and we're like oh this is what the show is going to be and we said it was going to be short form quick hitter which clearly i can't do anything <laughs> short form remember that it's going to be 15 minutes this is short form yeah we were like it's going to be 15 20 minutes we're like it's going to be quick but everything else i mean we went away from picks and plays maybe we'll go back to that i mean i talked about like we're going to make you money if you listen to us we're going to make you money you're not going to lose money and i got to play today money. I got to play today. So, but I don't want to make those promises. Like that's like, you know, not financial advice, do your own research kind of stuff. And, you know, we've really gone away from that. But the other stuff we talked about, how it was going to be a conversation and how we're going to talk about like, you know, the hobby journeys and, you know, the whole, like, it's amazing to look back. Like we have done that. And for us to be like, say, this is what we're going to do. It was, it was, it was an interesting, you know, it was an interesting listen because we were just like talking to ourselves at the time. So I'm glad that we kind of followed through. I'm telling you, it was, it was in a cool. lot of ways, you know, like, uh, I, I meet people in this industry and I was at art Basel and I met some people in like the art industry, NFT crypto who want to start podcasts as well. And honestly, in a lot of ways to simplify what, what I, we have to do on a daily basis, I do try to talk to myself. I just try to talk to my younger self and try to give advice to what, Hey, you know, what could I have avoided then? What could I have, if I had known this a year ago, what would I have done different? What if, if I knew this 10 years ago, what would I have done different? So I do still think I talk to myself. You know what I love about this thing? You are talking to your old self and you're making some stuff, you know, making some stuff better for people out there who are in the shoes of Andrew two and a half years ago. But we're lucky because people tune in and listen. It's just our regular conversation. It really is. People don't realize it. You'll call me and you'll have an idea. And 20 minutes later, it's like, all right, all right. I didn't call to get yelled at. <laughs> like, like, that could have been an episode. Like, we should just be on record all times. People don't even realize. Like, oh, wow, you guys do so much content. There's two more episodes a day that happen that we don't even put out there because we're not recording so, it. <laughs> so last night, I, I took my cousin to he, – he's learning chess. Uh, so talking to chess school and I, I was like, I'm not going to go home. I'm just going to go for a walk. By the way, it's funny. The guy that's teaching him chess was the guy who taught me chess as, as a kid, which is pretty cool. And I went in there after class and I was like, Hey, Roland, do you remember me? He's like, no. I was like, you know, here's my grandfather's name. My grandma's name. He's like, Oh, you changed. I was like, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I call cage cause I was listening to the, Michael Saylor, Patrick oh, David episode. And one thing that really, really stuck out was the difference between a security and a commodity. And I'm sure many people who listen to this know, but to me, I was like, Cage, this is such a strong case for Bitcoin. The biggest thing between all of those altcoins and Ethereum included is that they have an issuer, whereas 
Bitcoin is a commodity. The difference between a, a security and a commodity is there is no issuer, right? With lumber, which is a commodity, I could say, hey, Cage, go buy lumber, but that's bad advice because lumber might go down, but I can't sit here and I'm owning lumber stock and I issue it on the market. Whereas with all these cryptocurrencies over stocks, there's an issuer. There's someone that could pump up a market and then unknowingly issue more stock and then liquidate it on the hobby or on the community. Mm -hmm. So I called him with that and I thought it was, he was like, what's the advice? What's the takeaway? When should, what should I do? And I, to me, it was just like, hey, this is just a data point. I was like, it clicked for me, the difference between a security and a commodity. It also clicked for me like cards are securities because we don't really know how many are out there. And I, I know we had this argument because you said Mahomes National Treasures, you know, there's only 99 out there. So those are commodities, you know, but you liked yesterday's episode that didn't get recorded. We're going to record it now. I like it. <laughs> it's thought provoking. It's thought provoking. I mean, you, what, what, what the, the premise that Andrew came to you with was that um, he had heard something that made him, you know, realize that Bitcoin was not like stocks and uh, other uh, commodities and that Bitcoin was, you know, was this, this, this thing that wasn't issued by anyone. And, and, and I said, all right, so there's a finite supply. He's like, well, it's going to break from crypto. Crypto is different and there's no issuer. And, and, and I said, okay, but the conclusion that everyone's making that if that therefore right? Like a science experiment, right? We have like the issue, the hypothesis, the data, you know, we make some, some, you know, some, some, you know, some guesses about what's going to happen. And then boom, a conclusion after the experiment. So the conclusion people are making about Bitcoin being so awesome is that it's going to be a million dollars in 2030. Not your conclusion, but the conclusion that people are making. I don't see that. Bitcoin could be successful. It could be universally adopted. It could be a great thing. It could go up in value, but I don't think it, you know, that necessarily means it's going to have this humongous run up. And what I compare Bitcoin to because of a finite supply was I compared it to like, because Andrew's like, you know, you can't compare it. That's like saying it's like a Mahomes one-on-one eye black. And I said, no, that's ripple. Like that, that's chain link. The Mahomes national treasures out of 99, the true RPA that you know how much there is. They can't make any more of them, blah, blah, blah. That could be your Bitcoin. And we had this fun conversation about it. And, you know, I don't know exactly what the hell we, we're really talking about, but I still don't. The conclusion of it was for me was that Bitcoin is, it it made a compelling argument or it solidified my belief that Bitcoin is digital gold. And when Cage mentioned that um, it's going to break away from the crypto community, where Michael Saylor said was every other coin in crypto, it has an issuer except for Bitcoin. So that was the combo. Anyway, we started here talking. You got a little bit of news about Aaron Judge. No, 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 no news, but just the rumor mill. The rumor, rumor mill. And, you know, so it's on MLB Rumors, which is a rumor mill. And, you know, we have the greatest audience in the world. People send me, like, their rumors. Oh, my cousin's brother's former roommate, sister's uncle knows someone in the Yankees organization. And they're saying he got a, uh, a nine-year 360 offer, which is $40 million a year that takes him to the age of basically 40. Like, you know, he, he's going to be 31 years old when this next season starts, you know, April of this year. So like two, three weeks into the season, he'll be 31. So and nine he's not years. exactly an example of health either. Like he's been injured pretty much every year. It was healthy this past year when he played for his right. money. You know what I mean? Like that's really what, it, you know, and he's a big dude, dude you expect to break down. Um, but nine years, 360, it would be, it would be, it would smash the you know the average value per year for any position player record 
by a long shot. They break Trout's contract, you name it. It wouldn't be the highest um, average year for anyone because Verlander just signed for, I think, like 43.3 a year. I think he got to the Mets, right? To the Mets, yeah. Did you see Kate Upton's quote? No. Uh, She said, we actually got more money from the Yankees, but we didn't want to join a team that boos its players. Now, I don't know if that's true or not because people can make up a quote and put her face on it any day. You know, if you buy a ticket, you have a right to boo your players. I don't care. And I noticed yesterday, I don't want to go back down this road, but I noticed yesterday a lot of sports folks coming on um, on Twitter and saying the same thing. Uh, Marlon Humphreys, take a look, a guy who I don't like because I pulled his prism out of 25 and sent him a message on Instagram and said, hey, where should I send this? The, you know, the, I know you collect cards. How about the clubhouse? How about wherever it is? Just give me a P.O. box and I'll send it to you for free. My kid would be happy to give it to you. He just pulled out of a pack. I got no response, so I hate you. I'm just kidding, but I would have liked the response. But he says yesterday, "Hey, you know, we. I could have sworn I heard some boos out of the crowd booing your team, the the Ravens here, even though we won the game. I must have been mistaken. You know, I guess there are people too, and they hear the boos and the whole nine yards. But guess what? You know, I mean, that this is what fandom is about, right? I mean, you're allowed to cheer and you're allowed to boo. And the Yankees gave the <laughs> they gave the a lot of reason to boo in this postseason. The fans had plenty of reason to boo. And for those Yankees fans, what they're paying for those seats and paying the salaries of these guys. That's crazy to me that you'd say that. A little thicker skin, you millionaires. You really, really think that uh, they had every right to boo the Yankees after this historic season? Historic? What was historic about it? Dude, your guy hit 62 home runs, man. Who cares? That's a regular season record. And he stunk <laughs> it up in the playoffs. This, this is the thing about this. Is, it, New York is different. It really is. And New York is different. And, and I get it. If Kate Upton actually said that, good riddance. I guy wouldn't have thick skin. There are some great players who won't play here. Zach Greinke was offered Yankee, uh, you know, uh, contract and would not play here. He has, you know, he has a fear of playing here. Sonny Gray was a great pitcher. Came here, sucked, left, and was a great pitcher again. There are people For who the can, A's, right? for the A's and then the Reds. He can't, there's people who can do it. People who can't, the media is amazingly, you know, horrific here. Everything leaks out. Everything is done. Like, you know, give me three guys who could play in New York like that. Three guys who made it in New York. Don't go all, don't. Okay, cool. Don't go all the way back. I won't go like old, but I mean like current guys who made it here. Jeter is the the epitome of the Yankee, right? Who, Who played here and made it. Judge has done a great job. I mean, we've heard, Oh, I can't believe that boot, but I didn't hear judge complaining about being booed um you know he handled that the pressure last year amazing i mean there was a lot of pressure on him with that record and the whole deal right um you know from Patrick a football ewing. standpoint ewing was good but ewing was he was he was like a little quiet he was a little reserved like he didn't like i mean you really want to go back like joe namath you know he like lit it up right but i don't want to go too far too far right. crazy back football Broadway Joe. He, believe it or not eli manning who's kind of like a quiet <laughs> guy he he was great here great under pressure and and listen new york that's the difference. The Giants teams that Eli had, Eli was like a 500 quarterback. Yeah. But he's a New York Giants legend because he won when it mattered. He didn't get booed because he won the Super Bowls that he was in, right? That's the difference here. That's And it's every sport fan's god Michael right Strahan? Boo. Strahan's another one, man. Look, turned People, into a he, star. I think he does Good Day America, right? And that's like a – is that a New York yeah, thing or is that just a whole on, country thing? Yeah, he's on television. I think there's like three versions of Good Day or Good Morning America, whatever the hell he's on. Good yeah, morning, he's on yeah. TV. You know, I mean, he's 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 a television personality now. You make it here, you make it anywhere, right? Isn't that a song? I think Sinatra. You know, and it really is true. 
So if that's what Kate Upton said, okay, okay, guess what? The fans are still New York fans. The Met fans, they're a little different because they're just not used to winning. So, you know, being okay is great for them. But that's going to change too. They had a huge payroll. Their payroll last year was more than the Yankees before they paid 40-something million dollars for Justin Verlander. You know, so so there's only a, a set number of years where the fan base can be, you know, can be told by their billionaire owner that we're going to we're going to go out there. We're going to win. We're going to go build this team. and We're going to win. And, and the team doesn't doesn't perform. They'll get booed, too. Can I talk to you about something? So this I don't know where it's surprising. It's shocking. It makes no sense to me. Like, so just talking about fan bases, I don't know if you guys have been watching this whole thing with Deion Sanders, right? Yep. Deion Sanders, a legend. Like, I don't know how else you put it. He's a legend in base in football. One of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. Is that fair to say? Yes. Cornerback. Yes. hundred percent. Corner. Yeah. yeah. Prime time. Showman, great, athlete. Then, then, great athlete. Played baseball. Went to Jackson State and won. Right. And now he accepted this job at Colorado. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the video of him talking to the players? Yes. You know what? It cracks me up. Did you get a chance to read people's comments? Like, I would never play for this guy. This guy is like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. How, how could he talk to his players like that? All of this criticism. And what surprises me is you could win at every single level and have people who have never done it or accomplished sit there and still have the audacity to critique. And I can't understand it because. In reality, you're getting a sneak peek, an opportunity to see what it takes to win. And you didn't have that opportunity three decades ago, two decades ago, those social media. And instead of saying, like, this is interesting, how can I implement this? What are the tactics and strategies he uses to make to build a winning culture? People sit and they keyboard and type and they're like, this guy's clueless, yet he's proven every level, every step of the way that he's a winner. I feel like you talk about yourself. So anyway, if the Giants get um get you know the Aaron Judge sweepstakes, I'm not prime time, man. I'm not no, prime time. Like you're mad at the people out there saying, "Wow, this guy, he's an idiot." They well, no, just I'm the person that's me. I'm the person that's never won. So, but I'm not going to sit there and have the audacity to criticize people who have won. Let's switch that around. I believe you win every single day because you wake up with an internal battle, and a lot of folks don't know this. The internal battle that Andrew wakes up with every day is whether or not to do the show. It literally haunts him every day. He doesn't want to do a show every day. He doesn't want to do it. He battles and battles. And then guess what? He gets through those demons. He boos me. He boos the show. He boos us all. And then he shows up and he delivers. And there's a win. Every single day, every you do this, win. You're a winner. And I there are people that. rooting for you to fail. You see him in the comments all the They're time. ruining on my downfall? I mean, I listened. Somebody sent me a comment that last night they woke up at one in the morning. Someone who owns a deli, all right, someone who actually owns a deli, woke up uh-huh. one in the morning, went back to sleep, and had a dream about you. They opened a cafe in Florida with you because you were talking about your cafe in the episode. Okay. We to. And I said, "You dream about Andrew." Bah! I call those nightmares. That was what I wrote back in my comments to this person. Dreams and nightmares, Meek Mill. And they said, they they said, no, well, you know, I mean, you know, he was talking about in the episode, and at one o'clock in the morning, I may have had to have some like herbal enhancements to put myself back to sleep, and you know, blah blah. blah. I mean, these are the comments I get. People listen to you, then they dream about you. So you got to show up and win every day. What are people going to dream about if you're not there? What's helped me show up every day is the mindset and doing 75. But while we're on this topic, I know we're going to jump around. Maybe it's a whole brain dump week. Um, 
a lot of you guys that might be looking for a way to do a business in the hobby, I want to shift your attention to a business that I didn't even realize, but the hobby brought me closer. So when I first moved to Florida, uh, I was like, I'm going to do group submissions. So I wanted to open a PO box. I, PO, I went looking around to different post offices and I landed on this one post office. And when I went in, I was like, this isn't a typical post office. This was a private owned post office. Mm -hmm. And I said, I didn't realize you could do that. So I got to know the lady in charge, uh, the family in charge. And I see all this mail getting dropped off. And she has accounts with breakers. So breakers Ooh. who are in that area take all their packages to her. So what's interesting about this is I never realized private post office is a business. And you know what's crazy? With the world shifting, I don't think this these post offices has, have priced in future potential. I'll give you an example. There's so much online business now where you have to ship. It's not just cards. It's not just cards. How many people have Amazon stores, right? Etsy stores, break all the way through. And what was crazy about this is use, this business model used to be traffic driven, right? You want to have as many people walk in the store as possible. Yep. But if you have one, two, three big accounts that drop off a few thousand packages every week, that's actually more valuable because it, I don't know how, how this works, but she gets 25 cents per scanned package. 25 cents per scan package. She doesn't have the headache of a restaurant. She doesn't need all the employees of, the, of a restaurant. She could have one worker. There's no perishables. There's no headaches. There's very little inventory. You're not at risk of theft because everything goes in and out every day. Insanely awesome business. So did you buy it from her? I'm, I go in there every single day and I just ask her millions of questions. How did you get into this? Where did you buy it? She actually does, man. She's a really, really awesome family. Three sons. That some of them listen to our show. Um, she's like kind of like the mayor of Boca Raton. Um, she's awesome. She's so willing to help. And yeah, really, really good people. Little did you know, joke's on you. Panini Digital is going to make shipping obsolete. So anyway. <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> um, anyway, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put, put a bow on the air and judge. Nine okay. for 360. If it goes somewhere else and the Yankees don't match that, which I'm hearing you don't match, I will actually be happy. And um, I think the way the Yankees work, they'll now have $300 million to work with and they'll make a splash, whether that's going out and trading for a Juan Soto or trading for uh, um, Shohei Otani, who I think wants out of there. Uh, they'd have to give out some prospects and, you know, probably cost them less money. But yeah. If Shohei Otani leaves, what happens to Shohei's cards? What happens to Mike Trout's card prices? You could say up, down, or nothing. So for Shohei, I think it depends where he goes, right? You know, uh, if he goes to a place that's going to give him a better chance to win, and there are a lot of places that give him a better chance to win, um, I think they actually go up. Because the one thing I think holding holding his stuff back is that I don't think anybody really gives him a legitimate chance to win there because Trout's been there, the best player in the league for a decade, and hasn't even come close to meaningful games in October. Um, I think it also is good for, um, you know, Trout and Otani if they're not on the same team. They could both be, you know, number ones on whatever team they are going to be, uh, you know, playing for. Um, it's tough to kind of split the all-star, split the MVP voting, you know, and that kind of stuff. You split the hobby love as well. You split the fan base. Um, I think it would be good for, for both of them, to be honest. How good is Otani's pitching? Like, how good is he as a pitcher? Very I mean, he's, a top, he's a top 10 pitcher. I don't know how long he can do both right. um, at the rate that he's doing it, but he had he had a very good um, 
pitching season this past year. I mean, have you seen the post going around comparing Andrew Jones stats to Mike Trout's by any chance and how they're almost carbon copies of each other? Um, Andrew Jones from the Braves. I don't know. If I you know. Guys I know. Him. Andrew Jones is awesome. Um, he was a great, great player. I mean, surefire. Him and Chipper, right? Same team? Chipper. Yep. Yeah. And Andrew Jones came up really young and, you know, had a, a really good peak and, you know, a great defensive center fielder also, um, you know, kind of tailed off at the end, uh, which I guess is maybe why people are posting that as far as a trout comparison. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Andrew Jones is awesome. Fair, fair really. comp? I think Trout has been consistently slightly better um, than what Andrew Jones was. But Jones played meaningful baseball games. You know what I mean? The Braves played meaningful baseball games in October. Um, you but know, he, was Trout, junk, he was junk wax era too, right? He was 90s. Yeah. So I have a play for you guys. And I'll, I'll preface this by saying I've really disliked this player. I've disliked this player for a very long time. You guys might even know who it is now that I'm talking about it. Trey Young. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. And I actually put this, I have a, I put it like, I I kind of like type up notes in my notepad and I'm like, play of the play today, Trey Young, Cage's, Cage's strategy. Cause he's been sold off so much. He's been sold off. He's out of sight, out of mind. Does he get moved? Does he leave? Does Nate McMillan get traded? I don't know, but. It feels like the lowest of the low point of the Trey Young market since basically COVID. Like, you know, I'd love to see all. Trey Young. New York, where he's the villain. Let that villain come to New York, play Madison Square Garden. He fits in that offense because they have nobody who wants to put the right. ball in the basket. Right. You know, let them trade away a pick. Let them trade away one of these carbon copy guys. You know, whoever the hell it is. Send Cam Reddish back to the Hawks. I mean, it doesn't have to be Cam Reddish, but, you know, I mean, neither of these teams seem to be doing anything spectacular. I don't know how you get it to or you let Trey, you know, I don't know what the deal is. That would be awesome because then, you know, R.J. Barrett's never going to be the guy, but he could be the number two guy. Um, yeah, man. I would, I, mean, say, I would say R.J. is going to be – it could be a Wiggins. Okay. You know how, like, Wiggins was – he could be number three at times. He shines at number four. Then he gets confidence, and then there's some games he he could be number two. I I agree. Like, if, if you kind of move him down that depth chart. So, New York, you want to see him? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would revive the uh, the interest in his cards. New York basketball hasn't had somebody to root for in a very, very long time. The trust pretty not, not during the hobby relevance period either. Seriously. Like, think about if Linsanity happened when people were buying cards now. I mean, it would be bowl, bowl on crack, you know? We haven't had that. Um, you know, turns out Chris Tapp's Porzingis, Porzingis, whatever the heck his name is, KP, can actually play a little bit. Don't count out the Wizards. They're actually a pretty damn good team. Um, but he was never loved here, and he never really played here, and he was injured here, and, you know, it was never really his team. But, yeah, man, Patrick Ewing? I mean, who's the last one? <laughs> Alan Houston? There's an account on in the hobby called Pack Drip Ewing, and it's probably – we should – Oh, by the way, Luca Nation. So we're doing this. Um, you might have seen a post on our IG, but we're doing. We're bringing back the Hobby Awards, second second annual Hobby oh, Awards, yeah. and um, th- they were just fun last year. Like it was just a way to shout out people, businesses, themes, topics, whatever, etc. That happened in the last year that we want to shed a light on. So if you guys go to our Instagram and you want a topic featured or you want to give someone a shout out that you think people should have a chance to vote for. 
drop us drop a comment and basically we're going to be doing a post every day or every other day from now till uh christmas which is maybe 15 no 19 days from now then we'll tally up the results and share them with you guys so it was a lot of fun last year and even if you don't get nominated you go on there and you post and you know like shout out somebody who you like right people might find them through that you know and we'll have and- and we'll do our best to get everyone, as many people nominated as possible. But obviously, we don't even we can't know everyone in the hobby, so we rely on you guys to leave a comment, say this is a cool topic, right? Um, a funny one we got was best hobby drama of the year. I would have never thought about that. It's hilarious. Best hobby beef, baby. Best hobby beef. That's it, Andrew at Culture Collision. Didn't really have a beef with anyone other than just life. They gave me one teammate for a three-on-three tournament, dude. And then I didn't play well either. And then Jeff Wilson's camera guy shoved the camera in my face. Yeah. Um, I mean, guys, if you haven't played that episode, go ahead and go back to February, I think it was, and play that one. That was an all-timer. Um... And the underlying, like, the, the, the bubbling was I was on full tilt with NFTs and betting at the time. Well, full tilt. It was amazing. It was great. I'll never forget it. I was at a friend's house and Jeff Wilson called me. He's like, uh, did I do something to Andrew? Can I get I Andrew's like, number? Like, no, that's just Andrew. His parents <laughs> did something to him when he was a kid, probably. You don't need to take responsibility for this. <laughs> yeah. So listen, the awards are a good thing. It's an end of year thing. It's one of those things, you know, let's put a capper on the hobby year. 2022 was an interesting time in the hobby. There's a lot of other type of content out there. Nothing wrong with it. We'll even probably have a category for that other type of, you know, that trophy will be given out made of tinfoil, you know, so you guys could use it if you like to make hats. But no, this is like the positivity side. This is like everybody can have, you know, get behind this, right? Tell us what you love. What, you know, tell us the people you love. Tell us the people you listen to. Tell us the people who are great at shows. Tell us the best in-person dealer. Tell us the best uh, LCS that you go to. You know, tell us the best show you go to. You know, the, I mean, I, we have a ton of categories, but we, you know, we, we don't have an exhaustive list and we'd love to hear from you guys on, you know, an idea and, uh, you know, people will expand it. Last year, I think we had five or six. We'll get, definitely have probably double that, if not more this year, as far as like categories. And we have a nice, you know, cool little announcement when everybody's, you know, done with their Christmas and, you know, before New Year's. It's fun. And there's no shame in plugging your what you're working on. There's Shoot, no shame plug in plugging. It. Yeah, plug it. That's what it's made for. Like, it could be, hey, I started X. I would love to be nominated. That's what, what we're here for. So, I mean, like, within the first hour it was posted, Geo from Sports Card Nonsense went right on there, commented, and plugged himself. He wants to be nominated as the tallest hobby podcaster out there. I don't think he has a shot at that, but he's trying. I mean, you got to give him credit for trying. Jay Lee might be 2X, literally. <laughs> Jay Lee's tall. Jay Lee's tall. Dude, um, there's some people in the hobby that are really tall. Any topics for you? Like, I've won one, but anything that's top of mind. So, a couple things. Number one, we have a friend who said the Portuguese coach should be um, flogged for benching Ronaldo. And then we have another friend who came on in response and said, They'll probably be up to nothing at halftime. At least it changes the game. He can come in later on in the game. You know, he's taking away opportunities from people who ha- would actually score if given those opportunities. Sorry, Cajun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Andrew, this was you. Can you talk a little bit about soccer for today? Cause you, I, I gotta give you credit. 99% of the time, what you say gives me a headache and makes me dumber. This 1% of the time you were dead on balls accurate. 
Well, two things. Actually, I realize the hobby does not care about the World Cup at all. They don't. Is that fair to say? People have messaged me and they're like, stop talking about soccer. First of all, you don't even know what you're talking about. And second of all, you still don't know what you're talking about. Fine. And we were at the Philly show, like, a few people had soccer cards, but, like, the World Cup was on and I don't, and the USA was on, and I don't think anyone cared. Is it fair? Yeah, okay. pretty much. So, fine. It is what it is. I love the game. I I'm, I hope Portugal uh, plays Brazil, but he, here's the thing. Shout out to Ramos, man. What an three goals and an assist. He basically burst onto the scene. It was just, I think it was one of his first or maybe his first game ever starting. You're see, starting to see the cream rise to the top, and this Portuguese team, I, I've said it all tournament long, they have no weaknesses, right? One of the Brazilian weaknesses, or I still don't know their strength, it, uh if it could be their defense, their defense hasn't been, hasn't faced a worthy opponent that could truly put pressure on them where Portugal and this Portuguese team has an amazing combination of playmakers, players that could create chances and run at the defense goal scorers and Ronaldo. It has young talent, Joe Feliz. It has experience in Pepe who looks like Schmeagel at 39 years old, scored a goal, scored a header goal. To me, in my opinion, this is the best team assembled. Pepe in had the, the best Cup. celebration. He got that goal with the header, and he ran to the corner and said, my precious. He looks like Schmeegs, doesn't he? <laughs> it was awesome. It was great. I I'm not proud of it, but we used to shave people's heads a uh, freshman year of soccer, and there was one kid who was the coach's son who actually looked like Pepe, and we shaved his head, and it looked like Schmeagel, and we literally called him Schmeagel for four years. I did not shave his head. I was a sophomore. So from a hobby perspective, right, what – is the takeaway for the people listening that you learned that world cup's going on. It is the thing. It is the soccer event that happens once every four years. Sure. We're going to roll into um, champs league right after this, which right. is pretty awesome. And yes, I know that. Oh my goodness. Gooner, I'm becoming a soccer fan, but if the hobby doesn't care, what's your takeaway from that from a card perspective? Well, does the hockey, does the hobby care about ho- hockey? A niche cares about hockey, yes. I, I would compare soccer as maybe a, like a JV version of hockey. Like okay. I say the same thing. I see a really strong collector base. I don't see a lot of pumping. I don't see a lot of manipulation. I see a lot of true like a true collectors who love soccer, been watching it for years, who just want to buy cards of their favorite players. I think the one challenge with soccer, and it'll play itself out over the next six, seven years, is the rookie stamp. Say what you want. We love rookie stamps. And I love you, PWCC, but not every card is a rookie. Like, I, if like you can't just name every card a rookie. It's hard to know which one is the rookie of, like, like what's Mbappe's rookie, you know? Is it a sticker? Is it 2017 Select? Is it 2018 Prism? Right? It's, it's really hard to know. So I think that caused confusion for the first four years. But I think as the rookie stamp plays out, it's just going to take time to really develop the market. That's what I say. All right. Makes sense. And it's smart. I mean, it's one of those things that doesn't have the history of cards. So rookie is loosely defined. It's why you can Google what is Muhammad Ali's rookie card and get 10 different answers. What is Paley's rookie card has actually changed in the last two years. Right. And you're seeing what's the card? I, I, the one that's a black number and the blue number on the back. What, what's that the card? Aqu- Aquarella. Aqu- no, I forgot. I forgot. But no, no. The, that's the Alifa Baloge is the little one. It's, I'm telling you, like Aquarella. Aquarella, you are absolutely right. 
that card has sold way more in the last like six like even six months than it has in like the last five years combined. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't totally understand. I actually think that's his best looking rookie card, just purely aesthetic. I, I think that's gonna be a challenge. But I will say, unlike um you know how F1 was pumped to the moon and then came back? Yeah. Well, what happens when a pump goes on is a lot of people are stuck holding the bag and they, yep. it leaves a bad taste in their mouth in my opinion. Right. And it takes a long time to get that out of like out of their mouth. You know, I think yeah. that's going to happen with NFTs. Have that in your mouth. You don't want to have that in your mouth. People don't want Top Shot in their mouth, right? Like, I I, I think it's fair to say that soccer does hasn't left that bad taste in investors' mouth. So people are still enjoying it. It's still truly a hobby. It's hey, I'm buying with the guy I like. Like I like Pulisic, and it's affordable, man. I got a Pulisic gold. Um, out of 50 for like 150 bucks and it was number 10 which is his jersey number that same card in a bgs9 sold for 35 bucks wow. a polisic gold it's not his rookie it's a second year but still that's affordable that's an opportunity to get a cool card a nice card a card that you know the serial number of it's like the collector congratulations well i think what makes hockey so strong is there's truly a collector base of hockey can i give you the hottest take of all hot takes and give me a lot of money what makes hockey strong is that there was no Panini in it. And there was no Tops really in it. It's been upper deck the entire time. There has not been this crazy printing. There has not been this lunatic fucking prism run where I cursed. I'm sorry, guys. I know people actually complimented me at the show for how clean our, our, our stuff is. But, you know, UFC exploded, pumpy dumpy, when they brought out the prism stuff. There was a collector base there for a decade, right? WWF, there was a collector base there. You know, a a, a a corner of the market that loved that stuff. And it was organic. And then WWE Panini Prism came out and a pumpy dump happened, right? This crazy, like, explosion of the cards. And, you know, it, it didn't happen in hockey because there was no Prism. You could even say in soccer, 2014, not so much, the 2018 World Cup. Prism stuff with Mbappe, just the mass-produced stuff was what took off. It was the first thing that people were chasing. Um, I don't. I mean, I love Panini and all that stuff, but you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? I'm worried, man. I'm worried about Panini employees. I got to be honest with you, because we don't know who makes the decisions at Panini, right? But we do know some of the employees because they're true collectors. And they're the ones that are like the face of the company in a way because we don't know who truly the face is. So they deal with all the brunt of the negativity and all the backlash of like redemptions, all that stuff, even though they have no control over it. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. But, I mean, my take on it is I guess hockey realized there wasn't going to be this huge run of fans and the whole deal. They didn't bump printing numbers up and, you know, upper deck. So I, I don't know. that It's just funny that we talk about hockey as this – you know, separate kind of collector base that hasn't gone through a run. It's organically the only index, depending on what index you look at, that's up this year. Right. And the one thing that's missing from hockey that you have basically everywhere else is Prism. Although they had, I mean, I guess 2012 Prism, there was like that anthology one, you know. I mean, I've seen some Prism hockey cards out there. I had a Sidney Crosby. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't I see... actually was thinking of learning a little more about hockey, so I'm like reading up on it, following some groups like uh, Kaprizov on the on the Wild or someone. I'm like maybe I should look into his cards. He's he came up a little later than Conor McDavid, so maybe he might. But I I don't like to jump into stuff that I don't know. 
I have, a, I have an economic theory, and tell me if this is negative. So we talk about negativity, positivity, and right, we have the tinfoil hats guys who are labeled as such. But you know, why did I? I don't want to. Why did I gravitate towards AIH or sports card radio, or why did I think think that? Because you're a sad was, little man. Sure, that, that, that's, and I understand how that could be the perception <laughs> interpretation. But say what you want. Maybe they talk. Maybe the stuff out of their mouths isn't hits hard, and it hits. It doesn't always fall right, but they're consistent and they truly have been in the hobby for a minute. They want to be here. Sports Car Radio has been in here for a while. AIH, he's been actually doing videos for two, three years. So they, even though the stuff doesn't fall or land well, I do believe that they still love this hobby from their own perspective. Whereas I've talked to people who are, you would think that they're positive, but when you talk to them where they're actually putting their money, they don't put their money in the hobby. They buy real estate or other stock. stuff and stock. And, right. And if their friends ask them where they should put their money, they're not endorsing and bringing people into the hobby. They're actually saying, this is not where you should bring your money. Even That's though, on the, su- even though AIH, on the surface, you, go ahead. even on the surface, you think that they're positive. So AIH had, I mean, if you listen to the content, I mean, you think, oh, it's negative. So He's not. He he has given some really great card plays. Some really great card plays. Um, you know, when we talked to him directly, you know, he was like, "I'm buying Mantle and Maze, and you know, I'm buying like Jackie Robinson, Hank Aaron. You know, not high grade, not rookies, but you know, the stuff that it's not being made anymore." And he was picking up Willie Maze cards, third, fourth year in mid grade for a couple hundred bucks each. He's like, "These are the cards that will hold value and will continue to go up in value." Um, you know, when the market does its thing again, and you're right. I mean, I say tinfoil hat just because it's an easy way to lump everybody together. Right. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. But yes, the people who are, are pumping a little bit of hobby realism, they were here before the run-up. You know, and, and you could say that, you know, the the common thread that binds is that they are looking for a way to, you know, kind of call out the shenanigans that have gone on just now, just during this crazy run. People who are in it and probably won't stay in it um, because they were these folks were in it before that. So, I mean. And, and so. I'd question, I'd ask you guys, what do you think is negativity? Because I, I want to bring this up and you guys tell me, it, this to me seems negative, but it's just reality. So I love economics. And I was listening to a podcast and we as a society right now in the U.S. have the lowest savings in the history of America. The lowest savings in the history of America. Okay. Add that on with the fact that interest rates have gone up and cost of living has gone up. So here's what I'm seeing economically. And I don't think it's a good outlook for cards, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Your cost of living has gone up, which drains savings accounts, right? You need mm-hmm. to pay more, life costs more, et cetera. At the same time, if you have a credit card, right? And yep. you were paying, let's say, 3%, 5%, 7% interest on it. Now you're paying 10, 12, 25% interest, right? Yep. So at the same time that your expenses have gone up, your savings have dwindled, your interest on those credit cards have gone up. And people, I think, are just going to get squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and squeezed to the point where they have no option but to sell their assets. So we're going to, like, I would start thinking, how do I, and I'm not going to short the market, but like, how do you short leisure? How do you short recreation? Because it's not that people don't want to do these things, right? 
they're just not going to have the money in the next two years to be able to do that. I mean, short vacation stocks. Short vacation, Disney World, I mean, going to stadiums, all that stuff, like all the non-necessities, right? Um, All the stuff with elastic demand, as they call it. and what happens is they'll have to sell their assets, right? That's why you're going to see a supply shock and continuous supply shock of cards. That's why you're going to see more houses on the market. That's why you're going to see housing prices drop. So is that negative or is that realism? If we're truly investing and understanding market cycles, don't we have to at least have that discussion? Well, I mean, listen, the difference is this. If you're preaching a downturn in the hobby. I'm preaching is- saving cash. Actually, that is like if I was negative, but if if it if it's based on actual data, like you have a reason why you think that's going to happen, then in your work that that is that is data driven realism, right? That is, I'm I have a position, I have a stance, I have a take, and here's how I support it, right? That's different than like the meme stuff. That's like, sure. hey, look at this. This guy's a fraud. Right. I've told probably a dozen people this week to be careful with the word fraud. Like take take a look at what the word fraud actually means uh, before calling somebody a fraud. Um, it's a, is SPF a fraud? Not a good not a good word. Um, Reserve judgment. I, dude, that <laughs> I can't believe some of the stuff that's going on with that. I don't even want to get into crypto. That's insane. That's we started with crypto. I don't want to go into crypto. But I mean, you know what's awesome? The hobby. It's little, little little cardboard pieces with pictures of, of athletes and non-athletes and the whole deal on them. And look at all the offshoots of it. Look at all the businesses that are on it, the content, the different ways of going about content, the hobby drama, the back and forth, the craziness. And you expand it into memorabilia. I mean, think of some of the cards that have sold recently. I mean, uh, the premier auction that is ending in a week has for PWCC has... Uh, another Tom Brady out of a hundred championship ticket. It's got a LeBron, um, you know, exquisite out of ninety nine. It's got six stuff. You know, Golden Auctions has the Judge Ball ending. I think on December seventeenth. Like that's going soon. That sixty second homer is already over a million dollars. I think it was Memory Lane. God, go take a look at what Memory Lane's auction just ended this past weekend. I mean, just crazy. You know. 33 Gaudi roots in PSA 8s, but the topper was a 51 Bowman mantle rookie in PSA 9. I think sold for like three and change, three point something million dollars. Um, you know, so you want to talk about hobby negativity, positivity. You know, those are headlines that people are not putting out there because they don't they don't like sell, right? It's not, it's not, it's not sexy, right? It should be. You know, people should realize this hobby has been here for forever and will be here forever. And there's still somebody out there who was willing to shell out $3 million for this card. But, you know, what you don't want to hear is the reason for it is because it hasn't sold in four years. And the last time it sold, it was like a quarter of the price. It's gone 4X since. Um, that's scarcity. It's, you know, it's got real value. It's like a piece of art and all that other fun stuff, right? You know, it's not an Erling Holland, you know, Bundesliga PSA 10. You know, it's a different animal, but it's part of the same hobby we're all operating in. You know, so anyway, there's there's a lot of really cool high-end stuff going on out there. There's documentaries coming. You know, they had this one. I haven't seen this one that was out yet. The one that they have like Rob G sitting in what looks like a crack house somewhere. Um, I don't know. card? Yeah, that one. I didn't watch that one. I guess I should, you know, maybe when it comes out for free, I'll watch it. 
you know, I got to save my money, man. Andrew just told me cost of living is going up and I'm having to sell my assets. I can't afford to watch this well, thing. But there's other... You'd, you'd, you'd pay for that. it if it had people that actually were in the industry in it, if we could be honest. Like, if it was actually a documentary made about the hobby, not the hobby, not the documentary made about drama in the hobby to kind of get people going. I mean, I didn't watch it either. So, but that that was that was the vibe I got from Gets the our people community. going. Like, I don't know why do you put Vegas Dave in it? What what value does he bring? Because he bought a big card. Because he's fun. I was Vegas Cage. You know, I don't know what's fun him. about him. Dude. Even he's, playing, a, he's, a, he's a fraud. He's defrauded millions of people. Man. Is he? Or was yeah, he doing exactly what you said to do, which was, hey, guys, be careful with your cards. This whole thing is going to fall uh, you know, on top of each other. And Gary no. says these cards are going to be a million dollars, and I say they're going to be worth nothing. And he's closer to right. He built up an email list in sports betting and said half of his place to half of one side of a play to That's one half of those. That's uh, I mean, if you've been in the betting industry from when you used to circle lines and call your guy, you know, because it, it it all started on Covers Forum. That 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 was there's that, that was the forum. That was the blowout forum of the Degen sports betting community. Sure, we should talk more sports betting. You have some. It's actually sickening knowledge. that I know that I was 15 years old. 15 sure. years old. What what was I doing? Crack. Literally, L- literally sports crack. <laughs> Why did I go down that? You road? were you were John Anthony. You were the million dollar man with the billion dollar plan. Anthony John. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Um, so, so, so hobby wise, lots of cool auctions going on, right? Lots of cool content, lots of great stuff. Guys, go, um, you know, check out also, obviously, Cajun puts, you know, his stuff on our channel. You want to talk about like the different stuff that's there, but you can check out his channel. Go follow Cajun, Black Jade Wolf. Um, you know, I do an episode um, every other Monday, uh, Black Jade Wolf on Cajun. We've done four of those. Go follow them. Go take a look at their content, you know, over at Black Jade Wolf. Just amazing stuff, different stuff. And we are in the process of adding another uh, show to our network, which you'll see coming out very soon, probably in the next week, week and a half, right, Andrew? Um, yep. On that one. So you'll have a new content creator under the under the network as well with a different type of One week from today, focus. actually, the 13th. There we go. Um, so Cajun stuff that he's putting out there. You want to give a, like a quick synopsis of what people can find on our network? Yeah. Um, people love the PWCC weekly recaps, right? So after the weekly auctions are done, Cage just kind of goes through and gives us two cents on the highest sales. Um, then we do an NBA show every Wednesday, which is like one week at a time, kind of like what's happening in the NBA, what we're seeing. We both love talking basketball. And then he doesn't explore the card. So if you guys don't know, Cajun is a huge uh, Michael Jeffrey Jordan collector. Actually, the first time we actually had a call, he literally talked about Michael Jeffrey Jordan, and he loves <laughs> – you laugh because Jeffrey. Uh, he no, loves true, Jordan cards. Yeah, he loves Jordan cards, loves Jordan, loves inserts. So he goes through, like, the history, and it's a very niched-out type of piece of content, so, but it's evergreen, as Cage likes to say. It's something that maybe you're not buying Jordan inserts now because it's out of your price range, but it's something you can come back to a year from now, two years from now, six months from now, and it's just a way to kind of do a deep dive but what you guys have to realize, like, we don't want this just to, this channel just to be about us. We want this channel to be about you guys. And that's been the from the get, right? It's what kind of content is interesting to you. I haven't said this in a while, but we would never choose charge you guys for the content. That was, If you remember those first episodes, mm-hmm. because when you charge people for content, I think it just it changes the entire game. We want this to be kind of like a digital library, digital video library, 
where you guys come to and everyone has something to go and listen to, whether you're a collector, an investor, you want to take a deep dive in someone's personal collection, you want to understand what's happening in the mar in the auctions, you want to understand what's happening in the NBA season, we, we, we maybe we'll do a baseball show or something like that. So just, you know, we understand everyone has different preferences, just like everyone has different, um, they love different flavors of ice cream. We want this channel to be your one-stop shop for that. You're like a rum raisin kind of guy, right? No, pistachio, you know that. Yeah, no. Pistachio, but but, but pistachio, here's the key. There's some pistachio that's just pistachio, and they don't actually spend the time to put the nuts inside. Pistachio with nuts. You have to have the nuts. You have to have a little bit of crunch. It doesn't surprise me that you are a nut. So, I love nuts. guys, check that and, out. And you, your comments are our oxygen. Yeah, so if love you it. love it, let us know. If you want a new segment, let us know. Yep. And follow Andrew. Follow Cajun. Follow me. I do, this, you know, a collectible um you know a little quick hitter you know with things that are up and down on their platform buys and sells it's fun stuff comment on that tell me i'm an idiot you know do that fun stuff but we got a lot of stuff out there you know depending on where you listen you might not even see all the stuff you know come check us out on instagram give us a follow on youtube you know what do they call it subscribe right so subscribe, subscribe. to the subscribe to, that way when the new stuff drops next week you'll know about it get your notifications on i think is what they tell people to do smash mm -hmm. that andrew button um and all that other fun stuff but yeah i mean one of the things and why I mentioned Cajun is we got a lot of comments about an episode I did with Cajun where we went over the PWCC premiere. Yeah. And a lot of people listened to that and watched that and it was like an hour and a half, two hours long. Cajun. It just got 50% listened to the entire thing, 80% listened to basically the full thing. And it is over 1,100 listens just on YouTube in the first day. In the first wow. day, that's how that was one of that's hands down one of our most popular videos of all time, and that's just YouTube, not even podcast and audio, which is most of our listeners. Yeah, so I mean, what we talked about actually was expanding it outside of just basketball, because a lot of you guys do more than just basketball. Now, basketball is huge, but we're gonna throw some baseball, some football, and you know, a whole nine yards. We're definitely gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna do another one of those, and we're gonna see if you guys continue to like that, and we'll throw those out there monthly, um, you know, as well after the premiere auctions. Um, you know, I love cutting it up with Cajun, very technical, you know, pulls the cards up, talks about them. You know, we talk about what it's sold for, comps, whether it's high, low. We'll talk about some surprises. So we got a lot of stuff out there on the horizon, and we'd love to hear from you guys to tell us what we're not doing, right? Keep the comments coming. Follow. I just crossed 3,500 followers. Can you believe that, I know, Andrew? I know you love I, the numbers, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know there are 3,500 people in the hobby. It's amazing. And you know how many of them I bought? Zero. Two. Because no, we don't zero. know how. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody mentioned that to me. Hey, this guy bought followers. I'm like, how do you do this? Like, do you like put, I mean, is there, is there like some you click? Like, I don't know. But I don't know what the hell is going if on. If I there. may have like 60 seconds. So Shoot. as we're going into year three, you know how like football has like football season ends. They give the players a few months off and then free agency starts on like a certain date. And they do free agency goes from this date to this date, right? What I've learned as we've gone through this hobby cycle three times December is sort of like influencer or podcast free agency. So just keep in mind, guys, this month is kind of when we're planning for 2023. And I'll just give you a little peek under the covers. We go into every one of these calls with our partners with, hey, what can we do for you? What do we get out of it? And how can we benefit our community? That's every single call. That's the framework. What can we do for you and your business? What do we get out of it? And how does that benefit our community? So 
stay tuned. That's not a minute. That's only like 40 seconds. You know, I got, and what Andrew's not saying there is he's a free agent. This is free agent period for Andrew. So if you're listening to this and you got a business idea for Andrew, he's all ears. You want to, you want to do something with the show? Give him a call. You got a, you got a, you got a company out there that you think we should be talking about. We should be telling our audience about, you want to give us some sort of discount code and help out our audience. That's really what this whole thing is supposed to be about. You know, I mean, you know, folks calls up, hey, I got this, I got, I got this display, I got this, we'll give a discount code, you know, whatever it may be. We, we're not too good for that stuff. Give me a break. We'd love to, you know, talk the, the business up and if, you know, get something for the, you know, for the people who are listening. That's really, you know, back to basics for 2023. I mean, really, that's, that's we, Andrew, I've been talking about that a lot because um, it's been a crazy bumpy ride. And, you know, what worked in 2021 is not going to work in 2023. And really, we, we, we want to make sure that, you know, you guys who are, you know, we count these numbers, we throw thousands out there. Each one of those is a person. It's somebody who's right. listening to this sentence right now. And we appreciate each and every one of you. We want to really bring value to you guys in the hobby. Make sure you stay here because the big companies, they're not doing their part. They're not giving you the croissants that Andrew said they should be giving. We'll do our part because then it makes everything easier for everybody else. You got to stay in the hobby. For sure. Dude, I mean, honestly, I was thinking about this on my walk today. I think that through our audience, we were able to pioneer free grading. And I don't know anyone else who's ever done that. And it, it didn't even seem like that big of a deal. But, like, looking back, I'm like, that was so cool that we got the chance to do that. Free grading. And I'd like to keep trying to do initiatives and st stuff like that. That's I, I consider it win-win-win. I think it's a win-win-win. Anything else sports-wise? Ian wore a Luca jersey today because Luca had a big game and a win. I hate the Luca to Harden comparisons. I think people miss how good of a passer and how willing of a passer Luca is. Maybe Luca is a high usage guy like Harden, but he, his passing is on par with LeBron. Hmm. So that, that that was just something I was thinking about today. Uh, you gave a play. I'll give one also. Guys, take a look at Mark Jackson cards. They're pennies. Start a Mark Jackson PC, right? Nick, St. John's. So he's a guy, you know, I used to be a Nick fan, a little St. John's. But if you, I, I was shocked. The one with this. the two murderers in the background? That's a fun one, but it's not. Yeah, that's a fun one. It's good. That's the Menendez brothers. It's funny that that's exactly where you would go, you psycho. So um, what's funny, though, is LeBron just moved into number six all time in assists for a career because he's played forever. He's 147 years old. He's going to fight Joe Lewis next. And um, he passed magic. And everybody else in that top five is a, is a point guard. And their point guards, you know, you know, Nash, Jason Kidd, right? I mean, the, 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 the John Stockton, right? They're all Hall of Famers. They're all clear cut, first ballot, like awesome Hall of Famers, top 75. Do you know who next in line for LeBron is at number five? Is Mark Jackson. Shocking. I had no idea. I had no clue. He Obviously, people know who he is. He coached, right? You know, he played for the Pacers, played for the Knicks. Dude should be a Hall of Famer. I don't know if that matters as much in, um, in basketball as it does in baseball, but, like, people are buying Fred McGriff this week because he's now going to be a Hall of Famer. You know, people bought Harold Baines' cards because he's a Hall of Famer. Um it's just one of those things. I know he's also junk wax kind of, you know, era for his rookies. Do you think stuff, people but... buy Fred McGriff and Harold Baines because they're going to go to like an autograph show that Joe puts on at Chantilly or Philly and get those cards signed? Maybe it's part of it. People also collect Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame rookie cards, 
without getting them autographed. There are people who just collect, you know, Hall of Famers. I think in the you know NBA, one of the things I'm starting to do is build up a little side PC in basketball of top 75 players. One cool card of somebody who was in the top of everybody who was in the top 75. That's that's what I got that Gervin card that I showed you the other day. That for that little side PC there. You know, I have Isaiah Thomas 2012 Prism Gold. That's my that's my cool card. You got it so cheap. That was just like a bargain buy for you. (laughs) It was fun. Yeah, dude. I Draymond Green hanging all over LeBron's nuts does not sit well with me. What the hell? Did you see the? Did you see the? Are you watching? Did you see the Domino's game where like Draymond's talking about, you know, why LeBron is the greatest and how he beat the LeBron beat the greatest team ever assembled? There's like a video. One Draymond, oh, so he's you're basically still... talking himself up. That's why. Correct, and and here's the flawed logic in it. LeBron might have beaten the best team ever assembled, but Jordan was the best team ever assembled, and the reason that was the best team ever assembled was because of how good Jordan was. So it's just I don't understand why a current player is all over another current player. Like, okay, retire and then. Tell us how great LeBron is. Fine. You can make every argument, but you're still competing against it. And here you are sort of like, and this hasn't happened just one time. I know they're buddies, but I don't know. It just, it just doesn't, I don't get it. And I love Draymond too. You know that cage. Mm-hmm. Can I throw a fun one out there for folks? Sure. In addition to Mark Jackson, you know, because clearly people are not going to go out and buy Mark Jackson. I gave a play last week and completely jinxed the guy. And he was hurt literally days later. I said, go Jimmy Garoppolo, low downside. You know, what's going to happen? He's going to either make the Super Bowl or he's not. He's going to get traded. I didn't expect him to break his foot and be out for the rest of the year. But this is part of the story when you talk about cards. You talk about investing in cards and the whole deal. I also noticed that I talked about the OTE cards for the Thompson Twins. And basically all of them disappeared from eBay. Really? Gone the next day. Oh, you do the thing like where you favorite them and then you get the email? All gone. (laughs) Just gone. No, and people message me. Like, these are all gone. (laughs) These, These are all gone. They disappeared. I look and I'm like, shit, they're all gone. So that's, but I have one. You're not going to like it. I'm going to get hate, but, but this may be your, your window right now to buy Dak Prescott cards, because I think they are going to add Odell Beckham as another weapon for him. I was fearful of the Niners and the Niners defense with the Cowboys. Cowboys also have a very good defense. But I think that the Cowboys' path to the Super Bowl with that Garoppolo injury just got significantly easier. Probably the easiest path they're going to have in a very long time. You have a 500 Tom Brady. You have an Aaron Rodgers out. You don't yep. have Drew Brees anymore you know, to stop these guys. You don't have you know, a juggernaut there. You have a, a team in the Eagles that is likely better. But you have a quarterback who has never been there before against a quarterback who has played some meaningful games. I mean, Dak has also not been there before. For sure. But that Dallas defense can cause some problems for that Philly offense. And I think you could make There will be no surprises in that game either, just because those teams know each other as well as any team. Dak's cards have been beat to shit. He was injured for a while this year. Remember, we were talking about a quarterback controversy with Cooper Rush, how we've forgotten him pretty quickly. His cards are beat to hell. It's like a low-risk kind of flyer play that if he gets to the Super Bowl, you could have a a nice little play there on your hands with, with Dak rookies. I, anything could happen. The Niners can still go to the Super Bowl, even with you know 
Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant as a quarterback. Right. I just think, you know, Jerry Jones has a wallet. He doesn't mind spending. I think he sees the window opening for his team to yep. maybe get there this year. I think he would probably spend the money on Odell. If you watch the, the Dallas game last night, the Dallas crowd was cheering OBJ. OBJ, he was there sitting courtside, you know. Too much I, I, I agree. I see. There's a lot of um, buy signals, so to speak, right? One, I mean, the Cowboys are good. I mean, the nine and three, but they actually have a better point differential than the Eagles, which is crazy. OBJ is the type of guy that I don't know how much he actually adds on the field, but he brings a lot of attention through his personality. And that defense, man, that defense. Very helpful to the Rams last year. I mean, you don't need him. You don't he was my Super him. Bowl MVP cage until he got yeah. injured. I know. That was a good. That was a pretty decent bet for like 100 bucks. I think it, it was, was, and he started 30. off great. Yeah. Dude. Dak's a, a feel-good story, too. I I don't love the Cowboys, but, like, his brother committed suicide. He's been through so much ups and downs. Like, we love a feel-good story in America. Yeah, love injury, came back, injured again, came back. Broken his, ankle, right? That was yeah, a gruesome was injury. A bad one. Yeah, he eats his chunky soup. I mean, he's, he does his stuff, man. You know? <laughs> Is that another episode? We'll be back tomorrow. I mean, we just crossed the hour. Might as well. See you guys tomorrow. Thank you for everything. Everybody who's listening to this, we appreciate each and every one of you. And go subscribe to Cajun Cardboard channel.